you know, most parents say, don't go into my industry. If they went into it with a data, um, uh, with, with a kind of uh, data expertise, then it could be a, a really fascinating place to be. Some sound advice if you have kids. You are listening to Changing Careers, a podcast about how MBA careers are changing and how MBAs can change their careers. I am Conrad Chua. Speaking of kids, I can blame my kid for passing on to me a serious case of the flu. I lost my voice for several days and I cannot thank Helen harding enough for stepping in at short notice on the last episode. Helen, you are a star. But on with the show. Today's guest is Matt Mildenhall, who's had many years of leadership experience in the advertising world. He's going to talk about what it's like to work in that industry and he starts by going back in time when he was an MBA student at Cambridge and how he started in the world of advertising. It was, um, it was an accident that happened when I was at the judge. I was doing the MBA, being sponsored by PricewaterhouseCoopers, and I was having a great time working there. Um, and I just hadn't had an external interview for five or six years. And I just remember it was the, exactly the day, because it was a Thursday, being in the common room with the judge and lots of people talking about having their interviews, you know, all these exciting places. And I thought, I haven't had an interview for years. So I just literally walked over across the common room, opened up a newspaper back in the day when jobs were in newspapers. And there was a job there that just caught my eye. And I thought, what the hell? Why don't you just apply for it? And I did. Got on the train, went down to London a few times. It was with BBDO, the ad agency, who I, and I ended up joining them, you know, three or four months later, once the uh, MBA had finished. And I've been within Omnicom as a group, which is where BBDO lives. Um, ever since. You came from PricewaterhouseCoopers, you went through an MBA, and the kind of perception would be, you know, you're a very analytical person, you know, because of the work at PwC and uh, the MBA itself. What was it about that creative side, you know, the, the kind of advertising, what was it about that world that drew you in, since you already liked it when you were at PwC? Yeah, well, there's certain things I liked which are common. I liked clients, having clients and, and having, you know, working across lots of different clients. I liked working with different teams that had different types of people in them. And both of those two things are kind of common, weirdly, from a consultancy to an advertising agency. Um, and I actually knew I liked the creative industries because most of the clients I ended up working with, especially more as my career was progressing at PricewaterhouseCoopers, were, were, were those type of clients, media, advertising, TV, film. So as an industry, I just kind of enjoyed it. Um, and, um, and that's kind of what led me to kind of think that that role, I guess, might be interesting. And it's true, when, you, when you're in an ad agency or in, in broader advertising services, marketing services world, the collection of people that you have is like, it's crazy and insanely diverse, especially now when you've got like hyper creative types, you've got salespeople, you've got financial people. In today's world, massive change since when I joined the advertising world. We've got, we've got um, our data expertise and, and, and capabilities are, are way different and far more developed than they ever were today. Uh, you've got people who are good at managing people. You've got people who are good at selling. So literally, if you kind of gather the, the group of people, t- I mean, and some, of, uh, some agencies used to have this, like in an agency bar and, and you look around, the mix of people is fantastic. And, and you've got strategic minds. Um, it's, and, and that's one of the things that attracted me to it because it was that kind of breadth of, of, of way of thinking. 
And that's, I mean, going back to Cambridge in the NBA, that's one of the things I loved from that experience because you're sat in a room with people from different backgrounds, be it whichever way you want to look at it, by uh, culture, nationality, industry, experience, um, uh, upbringing, um, uh, 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 agenda, whatever it might be, and who, were th- who think in different ways because of who they are. And that kind of, oh, it was the mind stretching that that kind of gave me that, that I loved. And I guess I was kind of yearning for a bit more of that. Plus, I would say the international side of things. I mean, I've, I've, I've uh, since I left Cambridge and I've joined this group and I've been in, I think it's six different jobs I've been, I've worked in, haven't lived, obviously, but worked in just shy of 80 countries around the world. Um, like truly so I spent time working there. And I love that. And that was one of the things I loved as well from Cambridge, that, you know, you'd be sat there with somebody who's grown up in uh, wherever they've grown up and just approaches life in, in a, different, a different way to what you do. And, you know, you get that in business. I'll come back to the data thing again uh, that you mentioned. But how do you, as a, someone in, in senior management, manage the kind of tensions between uh, with such a diverse group where you have the creative people and then the analytical people and then the sales people ultimately people who work in our industry a lot of them appreciate the diversity that that surrounds them as well um in much the same way that i do and whatever they're working on if you're working on a specific client or if you're working in a specific agency whatever type it might be and this probably isn't uncommon to this probably isn't um special to our world but you kind of know where you want to be going and where that team's going as well. So that's, I mean, I've loved that when I've been in like client lead roles and you've got hundreds of people around the world in different locations doing different things, that if you can work out together what your kind of North Star is and what you're trying to get done together, then that's, that's, that's terrific. You know, and the same like when I was at BBDO, you, I knew what BBDO stood for. Everybody does and why it exists. Um, and what we were there to do in, you know, in, in, in the world, if you like. And so just kind of, I think that's really important in our industry. And it, and it also separates the businesses that are more successful typically than the ones that aren't. You know, the ones who really have a, a, a sure view of who they are, what they do, the value they bring, the type of people that they have versus the ones who are kind of like, what's the next thing we should be doing type of um, approach. So you've had a long career in branding and advertising what do you think are some of the major changes that have taken place since you left business school um i think we used to um help brands as an industry um sell things by in large part by buying big audiences and buying big audiences on mass and so and that and that reflected through in terms of how the industry approached it from a creative point of view, from a strategic point of view, the ideas that were developed uh, and what have you. And in today's world, it's utterly different in that it's very much a kind of mass, pre- mass precision world, really, where, we're, where it's a bit like direct marketing was in the 1990s, but for all media, in that we're able to segment different, truly able to segment different types of people um, in, in whichever way you want to be able to do it. And then develop messages and 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 uh, and communications which are relevant to them, and then you, so it's much more bottom up um, than than it was before, where it was about you know what's the single thing that unites everybody, 
that we could that one well, not that unites everybody but that is attractive to as many people as possible so are you saying that uh when you first started it was the case where let's say a client like a big fmcg company comes to you you would have to develop that quite a broad kind of message find channels where there's tv print outdoor billboards etc to reach as many people but now you have people like google it's completely different it went it's gone from it being all about television all about television to it being uh, a television-led world where you you kind of did developed creative for the tv uh for, for the tv channel but then you're like so how could we convert this into digital for example to it being a world where it's it's very much developed for that digital digitally led mass precision world the common thing through all of it is that at least from a brand perspective you need to know what your brand is and stands for and from a campaign perspective you need to have like a core idea um because otherwise the risk in today's world is you just end up with a lot of stuff versus it being something which still holds together so that people on the street know, for example, what this brand stands for. Um, but, um, but that's the big shift from TV to TV plus, if you like, to being a digitally uh, uh, driven mass precision world. From a production point of view, does that, how has that changed? It means that, that brands need far more... Th- um, pieces of stuff <laughs> if you like because you're having to give a different message and often uh, a message which comes across as personalized in far more channels to far many more different groups of people or individuals so you've just got to so what that means is you can't spend on a per item basis what a brand used to spend on develop on producing work you have to find efficient automated uh, uh, different smart ways of, of 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 tackling production to be able to give a brand all the things or as much of the things that it needs, and where it's going, I think, is we'll ultimately be able to. So we have production automation today in many senses, but we'll get to a place whereby we can actually understand whether um, this particular asset was actually helped to drive a client's business relative to others. From a, and then from a production point of view, you can then look at how much of that asset costs to make relative to the others to in, so lie uh, on an ongoing basis, inform decision-making about where, uh, where you're going to get your best uh, bang for your buck in producing things. When you say asset, that would be a video? A video, a social post, a, uh, a piece of, uh, of promotion within a store, a moving screen on the subway. So how has data analytics changed the way you work with clients? There's, there's, there, there probably isn't a part of our industry it hasn't fundamentally affected. From a, from a media planning perspective, it's, it's transformed dramatically with um, uh, what's called programmatic planning and buying, which is kind of uh, um, machine learning driven um, intelligence to inform the right type of um, media channels uh, at the right volumes to buy for different audiences. From a creative point of view, it's it's that kind of mass precision world, which is also the media piece as well. And then it has that impact on the making, the production, which I I just described. So there's that there isn't a, a part of our industry it hasn't fundamentally affected. And the way the most innovative client partnership models we're putting together, well, it's it's not the most innovative. It's pretty much the way. It just has data and analytics at the core of the team informing, you know, the uh, 
informing everything that we do. Um, and you know, we it's like a, a data brain trust with the with the with the uh, inter, uh, with the machine learning type intelligence that a team of people digest that is then percolates across the team. Mm. So it's it's quite a cliche that in the world of advertising we used to be the madmen who 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 are running it, and now it's the data guys. Um, what's your advice, let's say, for MBAs who are thinking about a career like like yourself, you know, back in uh, doing their MBA, flipping through job online job ads, and thinking about a career in advertising or branding? Are they are you do you think they need to have that madman type plus a bit of that analytic no, mi- mindset? No, there are still people in our business, and I, I sometimes sat with them, and I think, how do you do that? Who are just really good at just kind of selling and schmoozing and small talk, and I'm awful at every single one of those types of things. I mean, from an industry point of view, the thing which makes our industry harder relative to some of the traditional places that MBA-type uh, people go to is that we don't have MBA programs in the same size that other industries do. So it just it, what that means, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I think this is an industry which is really, really a fascinating industry to get into. And the reason we don't have programs is whilst there are them, we have them, WPP has them, et cetera, but, but they're, they're much smaller. The reason why they're not that big is because within an organization like Omnicom, we have hundreds of companies. That, and our operating ethos is that each of those companies, we work really tightly together, but they're independent companies as well. So it just makes the, the thought of an MBA program harder to pull off across that type of organization. But when you look at the type of a person that can, I think can, the people who are thriving in our industry today, they're people who've got analytical skills as well as like multicultural skills, as well as, you know, they've got both sides of, the, of their brain are, 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 are capable. And that's, that's what we need. I mean, it's, it's when I took my kids are, are now just, my oldest has just got, got into college. And I, you know, I, I don't think they'll ever listen to me in terms of career advice, but if they did, I would say to them, it's a really, actually, you know, most parents say, don't go into my industry. If they went into it with a data, um, uh, with with a kind of uh, data expertise, then it could be a, a really fascinating place to be. I have a six-year-old, and she's already stopped listening to me, so I, I totally empathize. <laughs> um, one last question would be: If you cast your mind, if you could tr- go back in time to the time you were in business school, what was something that you felt you could have done, you should have done, uh, that you didn't do? I might have pushed for us to. Um, or thought more early about moving to a different part of the world a lot earlier than I did, or than we did, and it was a we, me and my wife, we had the uh, kids then, uh, because I think, and that was one other thing that Cambridge opened my eyes to, I, you know, when you're sat in that room with people with all different cultural backgrounds, and I loved it, really loved that, and it was actually only when our kids were starting to grow up and we were chatting and thinking, best gift we can give our kids as a as a view of the world which is broader than one country or culture so that was what drove us to move it was nothing to do professionally but it was connected to that cambridge experience or the uh, and judge experience so i think if anything the only kind of and it's not a regret because it's life but we may just have we may just have thought about doing that sooner than we than we did and maybe, you know, then we'd have been in the US for a few years and then been 
somewhere else for a few years. I, I don't know. I'm interested as well to see how my six-year-old, because I'm from Singapore, and she spent a few years in Singapore, and now she's in the UK, to see how she grows and develops as a result of that kind of cross-cultural experience. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's important to the world that as many people as possible have a view which is broad, because it just it makes people um, be together. That was Matt Mildenhall on the world of advertising. It is true that for MBAs. It isn't as easy to get into that industry because companies there don't have a huge pipeline for MBAs. But it isn't impossible, and I think the way digital technologies is transforming advertising will be the entry route for more MBAs. I want to take this opportunity to let you know about a new podcast that an MBA has just launched. If you're interested in investing in emerging markets, listen to Frontier Market Investing. It is hosted by Hunter Sims. And his most recent guest is someone who talks about investing in Mongolia. You can find Frontier Market Investing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which is also where you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review there. It really helps others discover the show. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers.